Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. Let's get started with our Q&A session. So get ready. Whether you submitted questions or not, these are great questions that many of us probably have. And so, yeah, you know, and I wanted to share it before we get started that it's important to know why we believe what we believe. That's one of the things we always share at our church at Gravetop is, you know, so many times we can grow up with this idea or religious thought or like belief, but we never know why. Like, why do you believe in Jesus? And so we really strongly urge people to know why they believe what they believe. You know, many times as Christians, we're afraid to even ask questions, especially the deep questions of our hearts. We end up living with these questions, doubts, sometimes confusion, and we never find clarity just because we're afraid to ask. It makes me think of school back in the day, like those times where like you don't get it and you want to raise your hand and you want to like, you want clarity, but you're so afraid to that you just don't and you just get a D or something. I don't know. You know, it makes me think of those times, but Jesus welcomes these things. In fact, he has answers for you. You know, his heart is to put you at ease, to comfort your doubts, to answer your questions and reassure you of his goodness. You know, like I said earlier, God put it on my heart to make a safe place for everyone to be able to do just that, to ask the questions that have been sitting in their mind. And so today I pray that you will get some answers and clarity that you've been praying for through the word of God and through the leading of his spirit. Um, And so I'm really excited for this night. Um, And once again, I wanted to share that we are going to still have feedback at the end. I was thinking of kind of breaking it up after each question, but I want to encourage you today to either write notes on your phone or somewhere so that when you're hearing these questions, if you have more of a, if you have a question about the question, you want more clarity, you want to talk about that specifically, write it down so at the end we can discuss these different things. And so we'll share all the questions all in one and then we'll have a time where we can talk about it. Um, and so, yeah, so first question, let's jump in to our first question. And so, um, of course, these are all anonymous. If you desire to reveal yourself when a question is uh, said, Uh, feel free to, but they're all anonymous. And our first one is this. um, And she says, I have something I'm currently struggling with is letting God handle some children that are bullying my child. It's really affecting her and myself. And I know that God can handle it, but I'm finding myself fighting against it. I mean, that's a good question. Whether you have kids that are um, getting bullied or not, or one day maybe there's that experience to come that's like for any mother, something hard to navigate through. And so um, with all of these questions too, um, I didn't I didn't pull all the scriptures to put in here, but I referenced many scriptures, many stories in the Bible. If anyone wants specific scriptures based off these questions, I can easily give that to you and pull it. Um, but for the sake of time and getting these questions answered, I pretty much would paraphrase and share where it is in the Bible and, and the stories. Um, and not every specific practical question is going to have a, a specific Bible verse, am I right? But um, there's wisdom from the Holy Spirit and stuff. So again, she's struggling with her daughter being bullied. It's really affecting her daughter. She's trying to trust God, but she's finding herself fighting against it. You know, um, what I would share on that question is this. You can't control what always happens outside of the home. But one thing you can control is what happens inside the home. 
So in these times where maybe your children are experiencing bullying, you know, I truly encourage you to do your best to make home life incredibly meaningful in quality time to try to make fun and special moments with your children. Does this mean that it's going to be perfect atmosphere every day that you won't ever have to get after them because you're afraid of like, because of what they're going through? No, of course, there's still discipline. There's still boundaries. There's still rules. You know, there's still life, but do your best to create an atmosphere at home where you are intentional with quality time. You put your phone away. You ask questions about their day. You're intentionally available and aware. You you take time to say, hey, you wanna go to the store with me? Hey, you wanna sit down and talk? Hey, you wanna go grab a drink? Let's go get coffee. But make those times so that as you create this, app, uh, this intention behind quality time, it will uh, help these, these children feel comfortable enough to open up to you feel like okay they're they're spending time with me and it, it it what they're not getting at school you're giving them at home if that makes sense you know try your best to keep open conversation with your child and always reassure her or him that you're there for them again all of us here yeah of course i would totally tell my kids that but sometimes we have to say it over and over. Just like us women sometimes, we're like, I need to hear I love you. I know you love me, but you know, we're, when we're being petty, but we wanna hear it over and over, right? Um, joking, but you know what I mean. But be intentional about your words. Say, hey, I'm always here for you. Be intentional, intentional about affirming this child. Maybe you're always, you always are like, hey, you're awesome, I love you. But when they're going through something like this in school, it is so important to affirm firm them and fill up their cup and fill up the words of affirmation in their heart and speak life into them. Hey, you're amazing. Hey, you're smart. Hey, you're beautiful. Hey, did you know that I'm so proud of you for any little thing and do it extra and, and it's going to be genuine, but take those times to be intentional. Um, another thing is just pray fervently about this. Of course, I know all of y'all's heart would pray about it. But I encourage you this, ask God for specific things to intervene into this kind of situation. Ask him examples like, God, please remove these people from her path. You know, God has done crazy things where um, even in my life of like very ugly situations, these people either move, uh, get sent to another school, another, I mean, I don't know how it could happen, but pray it. God, remove these people out of her path. Yes, do we want our children to be able to be strong and stick up for themselves and learn through these adversities and it makes them stronger? Yes, but I want these people out of my kid's way. So pray about that. You know, pray and ask God, cause them to not even cross paths. Um, specifically say, hey God, would you provide for my child life-giving and encouraging friends? So maybe they don't have friends or maybe they do and they're just, you know, friends. But God, I want you to send friends that are Christians, friends that would encourage them and be there for my child whenever maybe the bully's coming around, that they would be a source of life for her or him. You know, also intentionally, like I said earlier, pray these specific things, but intentionally encourage and build up your child's confidence as an individual to help her to hear the voices of truth over those with evil intent. So I'm telling you, the more you beef up genuinely the amazing things about your kid, those voices of positive, truthful words will be louder than the, those with these evil intent. 
And so I'm telling you, affirm, be intentional, put your phones away, have intentional time and create a safe place where they feel like they can talk to you. Ask them about their, their time, their days. And most of y'all know, sometimes they're gonna be like, good, fine. And they're not gonna open up to you. Don't give up if that's how it is. Continue to be consistent. Don't just be like, oh, it's not even working. Like whatever, just go to your room. Be consistent because they need you. They need to know that at least you want to be with them, right? And another thing I would say is, well, a couple last things. Encourage your child to journal. Hey, you know, you can talk to me, but sometimes it helps to get your feelings out. Journal. Um, it, you know, that's just so beneficial for, if you're, they're not into journaling, that's okay. But maybe buy them a journal and say, hey, this is for you in the times like you want to talk to me, or if there's times you don't, you can either put your prayers in here or get your thoughts out. And that's an avenue to get these things out of their heart and mind and get it out. Um, and lastly, talk to the principal. And even if you could talk to their mom uh, or parents, I would be like investigating. Hey, what's up with this? I'm not down for it. Is there a way we can have a counseling session at the school with the parents? Like bring them in, get them involved um, to really just not passively take care of it, but get involved and take care of it and see if there's a way that you can ask the principal if y'all could um, talk about these things with the family. Um, and so that is the answer to that question. Um, what I feel like God put on my heart with that. And I really pray that that gives clarity and understanding. Um, so great first question. Um, second question. We're going in guys. We're diving in. Second question is this, great question. How do you strengthen your communication with Christ as a couple? With Christ as a couple, great question. So I'll say a couple of different things. Um, first, find ways to connect spiritually, right? So, you know, you may, I, I believe this question is like specifically with prayer, um, communicating with God as a couple. But, you know, this might look different in every season, depending on life and your schedule. So as a couple, the freedom, the time that you have might look different. You know, maybe when you're retired and you're older and y'all, the kids are out of the house and y'all are sipping lemonade on the front porch. Hey, that's amazing. Y'all could probably have a full out prayer session, full out everything. And it's going to just be so divine, you know, but maybe in the hustle and bustle of newborn, toddler, school, schedule, everything like that. You may not have hours to do that and it might look different, right? Maybe, you know, um, maybe for you in this season, it looks like praying with one another before bed daily. Maybe y'all hit the sheets and y'all are so tired. Like, Hey, y'all decide, let's just pray real quick. Even if it's a minute, Hey, God bless this, you know, take care of my kids. Okay. And y'all do it together. Amen. Or maybe it's praying together once a week on a Saturday morning. Maybe y'all schedules are so crazy that one works night, one works day, one gets home super late and doing that sounds really hard, but maybe Saturdays are more of y'all's chill day and y'all decide, you know what, Saturday morning before the kids wake up or even when the kids wake up, you know, we'll just have a moment of prayer together. That's our thing. It doesn't have to be in this box of like, we have to pray every single day together or we're missing it. I mean, that would be great, but what does your life look like? Or maybe connecting with Christ as a couple is discussing the Bible together. And what is God speaking to you? Maybe over dinner, y'all say, hey, what, you know, have this intentional conversation. What do you feel like God's speaking to you lately? You know, this is what I feel like God's speaking to me. Um, maybe y'all both have time for the Bible to read the Bible at separate times of the day. And at the end of the day, maybe like, hey, 
How are your Bible readings today? You know, did you get, what did you get out of it? And y'all discuss it. It's about just being intentional. Maybe it's journaling or talking about what y'all both are grateful for every day. Maybe y'all could start something up or every night, every morning, like, hey, what are you grateful for? Hey, either write it down or talk about it. You know, there are many ways you can incorporate devotion time with one another and with Jesus. But like I said, think outside the box, be creative and find what works for you as a couple. You know, for Homer and I, it's changed in many seasons. During the pandemic, um, and we were home all day with our kids, we couldn't really go anywhere. We started this routine where we would take them on a walk every morning in the strollers. So we had two strollers since we have three kids, right? And we would put our AirPods in and we would listen. We have a one-year reading plan on our Bible app and you can listen to it. Super awesome and convenient. So we'd both turn it on and listen to it together on the walk. And then after we'd finish it, that'd be like halfway with the walk, we would talk about what we got for it, got from it, what we learned, what we thought, the rest of the walk. And so that was like some of our like, as a couple intentional Jesus time. We were able to do that for a little while and then seasons changed, worked, I don't even know what happened, right? And then for a while, we, when the kids were still at home, we would try to find a couple of days out of the week where before we went anywhere, we'd put YouTube worship on the TV with all of our kids. So mind you, this is crazy because we have three toddlers. I'm holding one, jumping, and they're dancing everywhere. But we would put one or two worship songs on and we'd all worship together. And at the end, we would pray. Uh, We'd all take turns. And this is what's cool. It was crazy most of the time, but we did it anyways. And our kids learned from that. They began more and more each time we do it. They start putting their hands up. They'd start learning the words. They would be like, oh, I want to worship. And then we'd pray. And a lot of times they'd be crawling over our shoulder or like fighting over a toy. And then they would stop and say, my turn. And they'd want to pray. You know, so it was awesome. Seasons have changed, so we don't necessarily, they're going to school now. Things are so different. So now it's kind of like recalibrating, you know, what now in this season will work for us individually and as a couple to have time with Jesus together. And so um, I hope that gave y'all some clarity on that, you know, but at the end of the day, God will give you specific creative ideas on how you as a couple can have communication with Christ and grow together, but it will change and that's okay. And so That's our second question. Great question. And I hope that that spoke to someone and gave someone some um, ideas and creativity and encouragement. And so great question. Hope everyone's doing okay. Those who joined in just a bit ago, welcome. So glad y'all are here. Um, And I did say that we will have feedback at the end for those just coming in. If any of these questions stick out to you and you want to ask more about it, want more clarity at the end, we'll discuss it. So write it down. Um, and throughout the, the time of the questioning, feel free to communicate through the chat feature here if you want uh, to say anything to anyone or even to what I'm saying. And I could um, look at that and, and answer anything if I can, if not for sure at the end, but feel free to do that. Um, so yeah. All right. So our third question um, is bringing kids to know Jesus. How do you bring kids to know Jesus? Um, you know, this is a, a question that can have many different ideas and answers given, right? All of our kids are all different ages. Um, But I'll share some of uh, my thoughts and even biblically um, different things. So I wanna start with saying this, is I want you to know that your children are listening, even when it doesn't seem like it. And I think we do all know that. 
Um, but your conversations, your, um, your faith in Jesus, what you're saying, even if they're a toddler playing blocks and you're just talking about, you know, what God's been doing for you or just what you've been going through, these different things, I'm telling you, they hear this, they take it in. It is a seed in their heart. And of course that goes on the other end, right? They're listening to everything we're saying. And, and I also say this, so maybe you have older kids that you've been trying to talk to about Jesus and maybe they're like foreign or maybe, eh, or just kind of, you don't know where they're at. And there might be times where you're trying to share your faith with them or trying to encourage them to, you know, be open to God and, and different things like that. And maybe it seems like they're just sitting there and just like, okay, can I go play Fortnite now? You know, or totally disregarding it. I want you to know that even though they may seem like they're not listening, they're disregarding it, they truly are. And those are seeds planted in their heart. And so even though they don't respond, know that they're listening. One thing I want to say when it comes to your children knowing Jesus, um, one second here, is making church and faith a part of your family routine, no matter what, will go a long, long way. And so <clears throat> all of us have different backgrounds, right? Uh, whether you never went to church, maybe you were forced to go to church, maybe you love church, all these different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, my belief is that church is an important part of our faith. Not because I'm being biased because uh, we would love anyone to be a part of our church family. No, not at all. Um, but because our faith with Jesus on a personal level is amazing. We can connect with them. But church is what brings life to that relationship. It's community. It's doing life with other people. It's learning wisdom from a pastor who God um, you know, is speaking through. It's, it's so much, it's edifying to our souls. We, it is so beneficial. So I truly believe that making that a part of your life, a part of this is what we do as a family and we all are going to go as long as you live here is not pressuring your kids, but is establishing your routine and establishing the priority and importance of seeking God and going to church and connecting with other believers. And I feel like that is a pivotal thing in order to create an atmosphere to bring your kids to Jesus. Um, you know, and also, this sounds cliche, but living the example. You know, ensuring that your words, conversations, and actions are one that reflect your faith. And I'll be the first 100% to say I'm not perfect at that. <laughs> I am definitely not perfect at that. Uh, my kid the other day or weeks ago was like, oh, freak. And I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> you know, they hear everything we say. And, and they repeat it, right? But my point is in this, is not to, oh, don't teach your kids to cuss, it's more so knowing that they, they will follow our example, learn from our example in, the, in our faith. And so when you talk openly about who Jesus is to you, what he's done in your life, and even how you've come to him, even if they're little kids, I want you to know that your kids are learning and growing and that is planting seeds in your heart, their heart. You know, Many times they may not have much of a response to these things, but these are seeds in their heart. Like I said, if you have young kids and, you know, honestly, this, what I'm going to say next goes for any kid of any age, but I find that sometimes younger kids can be a tad more moldable um, and are more excited about this than sometimes older kids. But I strongly encourage you to find a children's Bible that you like, that you like find on Amazon or bookstore 
find a children's Bible and just simply start reading it to them. It doesn't have to be every day. If you want to make that your everyday thing, great. But incorporate just sitting down with them and reading a story or two. You'll be surprised. I mean, they love books. They love watching shows. They love stories. But when you read them the Bible, it's teaching them the Word of God in a fun way. You know, we have one, and then we also found this one that's a Bible verse, a kid's Bible verse Bible. And each page has a, a Bible verse to memorize and then the story that goes with it. And the kids love it. They get so excited, and they even find their favorite story. We read it a billion times, right? Um, Jules loves Daniel in the lion's den, and Joy loves the book, uh, the story of Jonah. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so um, it's funny, but it's cute. So read them the Bible. If they're older, say, hey, I bought you a Bible. Hey, I'm reading the Bible. You want to sit with me and read it? If they say no, okay, but keep on being consistent and invite them to be a part of that, that time with you. Or say, hey, I bought you a Bible. I thought you might want to check it out. Let me know if you want to read together, learn together. But giving them the opportunity to know God's word. And the second thing is teaching them to memorize Bible verses. And this is not to say like, oh, teach your kids. They need to memorize verses. It's good for you. Not even like that. But that's something that I began to do with our little kids. And I was actually really surprised at one, how much they loved it. At two, how quickly they memorized them. And then three, I realized, wow, they are memorizing this at the year of two, three, four years old. And this is going to be a core memory in their heart for the years to come. So when they get older, these memory verses that they learn now and memorized, when they're older, it's going to be what's going through their mind. It's going to be recalling as they encounter situations and life events and be able to lead them. And, you know, it's something that at my old church we did uh, with our curriculum with the kids before I had kids. And parents would come back and be like, oh my gosh, they're memorizing these scriptures. This is crazy. And so knowing that, I began to do that with our kids and I would like write it down really cute and we would make hand mo- mo- motions to it. And we still do that. And just off the dome, I'm like, I don't know, like what the one we're doing right now is um, cast uh, your worries on him for he cares for you. So I'm like, okay, ready? And we go, cast all your worries to him because he cares for you. Making those motions, they get excited and they get into it and they memorize it. And so it is just a, such a, a simple thing to do that I'm telling you, your kids will be all for it. If they're older, then ask them and invite them to do it with you. Like, hey, I really love this verse. Do you want to like read it with me? Do you want to, I'm going to put it on the fridge and I'm going to read it every day. I'm going to put it on my, um, my mirror and read it every day. Do you want me to do it for you too? And just making those intentional things happen. And you'll be amazed at how well they begin to memorize it, but also how excited they get about it. And at the end of the day, it is being formed in their heart to just know and love Jesus and his word. And so um, I know this is a chunkier one. Bear with me. Again, I really pray that today is, you know, hitting for you. Um, Let me share the end of this here. You know, another way that you could um, incorporate bringing your kids to Jesus is this. Maybe, and for every family it's different, but maybe plan a once a week family devotional time where maybe Saturday, Sunday, something. You're like, hey guys, establishing like this routine where y'all get together, sit in the living room and read the Bible together. Maybe it's one chapter and you're like, hey, at the end, let's talk about it. Or a devotional or watch uh, a church um, sermon or something, but do something as a family and that will draw y'all all as a family closer to Jesus, especially your children. 
And like I said earlier, create a relationship where they feel open and not judged, no matter where they're at in their current journey with Christ. You know, shoving Jesus and constantly trying to correct them, like, hey, don't sin, don't do this. Like having that kind of um, approach is really you know, none of us like to feel like that. Like, oh, like I'm walking on eggshells. I got to be this perfect Christian. And I'm just trying to figure out my own faith and I don't even know. But really have um, a, a soft, gentle approach. You know, the Bible says uh, to be humble and gentle as you share the word of God, as you correct people, as you love. It says be humble and gentle. So with our kids, we have to be humble and gentle because that creates their heart to still be open enough to come to you with their questions. It's important to also be open and transparent so that they feel that they can approach you with their life and their questions. And don't be afraid of their questions. This is a big one. Don't be afraid when your kids have questions about God. Even if it seems like, well, is God even real? Probably not. Don't be like, yes, of course he's real. Duh. Instead, just be like, well, okay, I understand that you're wondering that. Welcome their questions. And help them find the answer. So if you feel like you know the answer, share it. But don't be afraid to say, you know what, baby? I don't know. Let's find that answer together. I want to I want to find that answer with you. And ask around, read the word, you know, figure it out, but don't be afraid of your their questions because they're learning and growing and being open to that and helping them find answers will bring them closer to Christ. And so we're all trying to raise our kids right and lean them to Jesus, right? It's hard and we want to do it right. But know that God will give you creativity and wisdom on exactly how to share your faith with your kids. Ask him and pray and he truly will lead you. He will lead the way. And so that was a beefier question. I hope that that answered some questions for y'all. And so I want to say right now that there is a few other questions for sure. There's a good amount. It's been about 25 minutes. I think I'll share a couple of more. And I was leaning towards... um, go ahead um, doing this half and half. So doing half of the questions today and half next week so that, um, you know, all of us can really chew what we just uh, heard today without it being over exasperating for everybody. But these are all super good questions. And so um, it's 25 minutes. We'll do another 10 or 15 if that's okay. Um, And we'll fill the vibe maybe a little less and then we will open it up for feedback time. So let's see here at our next question. Let me look here. So, 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 okay. Um, Okay. Let me share this one. Um, This one says, my only question would be, how do you cope with an anxiety as a believer? Do you have any practical or spiritual ways? Um, to handle that. So I don't know everyone's life here, um, but if you've ever experienced anxiety in any form, it's not fun. Um, And so this question is close to my heart because I've definitely struggled with it very severely at times. And so I pray that if any of you have felt this way, gone through this, that this, uh, what I share today helps in that area. So how do you cope with anxiety as a believer? Any practical or spiritual ways Um, I'll start before I say anything that there's this book that I read that I absolutely loved and it's called uh, Peace for the Anxious Mama's Heart by Becky Thompson and it was amazing. She even has a a group where you can, it's like a six-week course where um, she walks you through it and it's amazing. 
Um, it was very freeing for me and it really helped on my journey when I was struggling with anxiety. And so just in case it's, uh, you are want to look into that piece for the anxious mama's heart. Um, so I'll begin sharing. So as someone, like I said, who struggled with anxiety as a believer, I know that it's hard. Everyone is so different and there are many different things that help everybody. So what's helped me may not help you. What's helped somebody else may help you, right? And so it's all, we are all individual and, and different and unique and God will reveal to us how to overcome these things, right? But I'm going to share from my experiences so far in hopes that what has helped me might help you. You know, one thing that's really helped me when I was in the thick of it was journaling. Um, and that was kind of hard when I was feeling super anxious, but um, it really helped me. And this is how my journaling time would look. I would do it. There are several months where I had to do it every morning to get through this literally severe stage of anxiety I was in for six plus months. Um, and it hit me postpartum uh, right at six months and it was crazy. Um, I, I can, anyways, so journaling. Every morning, even if the kids were up and a little bit rowdy already, I would sit down and journal a couple of things I would journal. I would sim I would uh, journal just simply praying to God in the morning, like, God, thank you for this day. Help me. Uh, you know, whatever was on my heart to just ask for help or pray for somebody. And I would be intentional of praying for other people so that I would get out of my own head and, you know, bless them. And then, so I would put some of my prayers down. But then I would also write down every anxious thought after my prayers. I would write down every anxious thought that was already swarming in my head. You know, and when you deal with anxiety, sometimes you'll wake up and it's just like, oh, boom. You know, these crazy fears, these crazy thoughts, these irrational fears. And so I would I would get them literally out of my head and it would sometimes be crazy, right? And I was like, I gotta just get it out of my head. And I would write them down and I would do three columns. And the first column, I'd write down this crazy thought. And then next to it, I would write down, what do I believe God says about this? And based off of what I have learned about God and his word, I would write it down like, okay, well, um, I'll give an example in a minute, right? So what is the anxious thought? What do I believe God is saying about this? And then the last column, I would say, what am I going to believe? What is my positive affirmation that's going to replace the lie that I was believing already this morning? I had to do this for months in order to get these out of my head and out of this place. So for an example, my anxious thought was, I'm afraid something tragic is going to happen. And it's just in my head, like, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. Like this anxiety, right? And so I would write that down. And then the next column I put, okay, I believe God is protecting my family and I, and we will get through any circumstance. And then my positive, like affirmation to replace it, but I will live in peace, confidently trusting that God will protect us every day. And I would do that for some days I'd have three thoughts, some days I'd have six, some days I'd have 10, and I would sit there and I would do it. And it got me through and it really helped me. Um, so journaling. Um, and another thing that really helped me is in the moments of high anxiety, like panic attack anxiety, I had to go outside. I would have to get up and walk outside and just pace back and forth, taking deep breaths. And in those breaths, I would just say, God, I need your peace. God, thank you for your peace. God, thank you for your peace. And just thank him over and over. And I would breathe in and out. And I'm telling you, getting outside, I had to, wherever I was, it was something about being outside, right? Grounding, like the nature, I don't know what. And then just asking God for peace and breathing would help bring me down from those panic moments 
of anxiety. Um, and the last thing I'll share is talking to those that I trust was a must. You can't isolate yourself when you're feeling a little bit of anxiety or a lot of anxiety. You have to talk about it. Um, isolation makes it worse. When you're feeling a rise in anxiety, reach out. Even if you think your thoughts are crazy, like people are going to think I'm crazy if I tell them this is what I'm thinking. Girl, find someone you trust, whether uh, it's your husband, a best friend, your mom, your brother, uh, who knows. But you know if there's someone in your life that you really feel like you can trust, reach out to them and say, hey, can you talk with me? I'm feeling overwhelmed with these thoughts and share like this is what's in my head. And you know, I would do this with Homer has been like, uh, you know, amazing. Like he's my strongest rock and support when I was really going through it. And him and two other friends, I was really able to talk to about it. And I would be able to tell them what I was thinking. Like, okay, I'm having these very fearful thoughts and this is what it is. And I would all be like, I know it sounds crazy. And I would tell them and they would always be, hey, it's okay, you're not crazy. We're gonna get through this. And reassure me of the truth, reassure me of what God would say. And I needed that. If it wasn't for those people, I don't know how I would have got through it. You need to simply talk through it. If you're open to it, the last thing I'll say is counseling. Talking through past issues that may have triggered your anxiety is very helpful. It's not always easy to hash those things out, but it's beneficial in the long run. So those are all things that I did. I did counseling. I reached out to those I loved. Um, I had to breathe and walk it out and pray. Um, I had to journal. I had to do those things. And at this point, I've, I'm, I never thought I would make it out of that postpartum anxiety. It literally felt like the darkest hole I've ever been in, I'll be honest. I've been through some tough times personally, but that was very rough for me. And it took me months and months and months to do that hard work and slowly now where I'm at now is um, there's times where my anxiety rises but I feel like I can manage it and I can see through it before it was blinding and I couldn't see through it and I thought every um, everything was real and it was gonna overtake me but now I'm like no this is a lie this is not what I need to feel this is not what I need to think and God just really got me through so I pray that if any of you ever have felt that way, gone through that, that that helped you today. Um, and I just pray that God's peace would overflow in your heart. Um, and so, yes, um, let's, let's go ahead and read one more question. If y'all right now are like, I want to just keep going, 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 y'all can text me in the group chat. I don't mind sharing more questions, but I want to be mindful of uh, your time. So if anyone's like, please share and continue, go, go, go right in the chat and if y'all are like want to then I will but if not we'll end with one or two more maybe one more um, so let me look at the questions here give me one second um, all right all right um, okay oh, man there's just so many good questions it's so hard <laughs> um, they're all great but um, let me answer this one. This one's a, a, a quicker one, but a really good question. It says, how can we pray for our family with too much pride to ask for help? So pray for those in our family that have too much pride for ask for to ask God for help. You know, I encourage you to, to pray a couple things. You know, just pray your heart, but ask God to soften their heart. The Bible says that God can soften even kings' hearts. So those with the most... Um, stubborn or a uh, heart that no one can change, God can change their heart. Ask God to help them be willing 
to hear his voice and his heart. Pray that God would even give him dreams and visions of him. I pray that for family members that are just like, no, God, I don't want to hear it. I don't need him. Also, I pray like, God, give them crazy dreams about you. Like just open their eyes, let them see you and God will do it, you know, and, you know, pray that God would show them how much he cares and how much he wants to help them, that, that he's not what they maybe think he is, this mean, judgmental God that's far away, but he's so involved in their life. And this is one thing I pray for a lot of my family who I really hope that would really find Jesus and trust him is I ask him, God, send people into their lives to share his word and the gospel with them in a way that they'd be open to receive it. I always pray for my loved ones that maybe I can't be there. Um, and I've talked to them about Jesus. I've done my part and I'm always there. Like I'll always be like, Hey God, can I pray for them? Like, how can I share your love with them? But I pray that God would send other people, that he would send laborers in their life to minister to them. And, and I pray specifically that they would, he would send people that they would relate to, that they would feel comfortable with, that would just be able to speak to them in ways that I couldn't. And that they would have an open heart to hear the love of God from somebody else um, and that God would send laborers. And, you know, um, I want you to know that God's able to move even the most stubborn hearts. Your prayers are a tool that is softening their heart to God's. And I encourage you to be patient and let God be God. He is big enough to turn anyone's life around. Look what he's done in our life, in your life, and know that if he could change even, you know, me and everyone else and, and be the Lord of our lives, that he could do that for those that you love. And so just trust God to be God. Um, so that was a great question. Let me read another one, okay? Um, when in motherhood or marriage do you know it's the right time to add to your family? Great question. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, so when is a good time? When do you know that it's the right time to add to your family? What I'll say right away is when both you and your spouse are on the same page about it. If one or the other feels hesitation, it's important to respect that and ask to understand their feelings. If one is showing hesitation, it's important to not be like, well, what do you mean? Let's just do it. It's like, hey, okay, well, tell me why. Okay, what are you feeling? What are What's making you feel hesitant? Well, I personally have a desire to, but let's work it out. Have open communication with each other to understand what they're feeling because a lot of times bringing another baby in is exciting, but a mother and a father think differently. The mother's like, oh, it's going to be stressful, but I'm excited. And the father's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to provide for more kids and take care of my family? And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, so as long if, if y'all can be on the same page where they all agree, okay, let's do it. Or you know what, let's compromise and wait a little bit longer. Then just come to a place where y'all are on the same page. Um, also, there may, there may be times where you might feel pressured to add to your family more so because others are asking or you feel like, well, I think I'm just supposed to, like that's what you're supposed to do. But it's important to be led by your own personal family's desires and God's leading. So if you feel pressure from the outside, like maybe you feel culture is like, oh, you need to have multiple kids right away. Or your family's like, come on, have another, you know, your, your clock is ticking or saying all those comments, right? If it's more so pressure rather than like your own personal desires or maybe the leading of God, then I ask, I would encourage you to take a step back and just talk to your spouse and say, do we want this right now or not? If you do, great. If you don't, that's okay. You can go with it when you feel like it. And if you both have a strong desire to go for it. But if you simply want to wait, and even if there's no explanation, then take your time. 
Take your time. And the truth is there's never going to be a perfect time and you will never be fully ready. But when it does happen, whether it's planned or surprised, hey, I'm a part of the surprise committee and planned, right? Um, God is the one who gives life. He is the one who says, uh, boom, there's life. So know that it's from the hand of God. He will cause it to all work out according to his beautiful plan. And you can trust him to provide and see you through. And so great question. I love that. We, we have um, some more questions, but I think this is a safe place to maybe pause and I think we can definitely do the rest of them next next week again to respect time and have more time to talk right now I would love to go through everyone's questions but I like I said I think that might be the best plan if anyone strongly disagrees let me know now um, but next week we will continue this uh, Q&A and this whole next week if y'all have more questions submit them text me if you didn't get a chance to text me and we'll add it to um, um, to these so um, yeah, so let's go ahead and pray then and we will close up and have a time for feedback. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.